Does anybody else watch Ted Lasso? My husband and I are a little bit behind on it, so we just barely watched the last couple of episodes uh, back to back. But for any of you who haven't seen it, it's a really good show. Very like heartwarming comedy. But I just mention it because I don't know if anybody else followed the themes, <laughs> recognized this theme, but especially in the last episode as they started to wrap everything up, um, did you notice how many of the characters ended up using therapy or going to therapy or realizing that they could use therapy to work on themselves and become the people that they wanted to be? It's a really good show. If you haven't seen it, it's well worth watching, super cute, super funny, and very, like I said, heartwarming. So on the topic of therapy, like I tend to always be on, you probably guessed from today's title that we're gonna be talking about dream journals. And excuse my lisp, I just got a new Invisalign treatment, so there's a little bit of a lisp happening. Why are we talking about it on a podcast dedicated to healing trauma? Well, I use a dream journal and it is something that's actually helped me out tremendously. Not only did the dream journaling help me become aware of my subconscious beliefs, but being more aware of them also meant that I was able to bring those beliefs to my therapist and have her help me work on them, specifically through EMDR. And I do have some more episodes coming up specifically talking about therapy, um, how you can go about finding the right therapist, what it should feel like to know it's a good fit, etc. So look out for that episode, it'll be coming soon. But for today, this is how things are gonna go down. First, we're gonna talk about what a dream is and basically where dream interpreting started. And then we're gonna dive into how dreams are literally made inside of your really incredible, amazing brain. And I want to share with you an example of a spooky dream I had and how I went about interpreting it. And the last thing I'm gonna do is try to give some advice on how you can start either having dreams again if you don't remember your dreams or just how you can enhance your dreaming experience and get the most out of your subconscious. So starting off, right out the gate, what is a dream? Well, basically your dream is your subconscious speaking to you. So when you go to sleep at night, and especially when you hit a REM cycle sleep, which we'll talk about later, your conscious mind is no longer conscious, right? But your subconscious is still very much so active. Just because our physical body shuts down doesn't mean that there aren't still active things happening. Your brain is going to dream as a way to help any sort of trapped emotion, trauma, stress, worries, to escape from your physical body. The key with talking about dreaming is to make sure that you're not being judgmental, especially towards yourself about your dreams. You have to remember that the same rules don't apply in your dreams as you would morally, physically, whatever, apply them to this world. So without judgment, you can then see this as an opportunity to be honest with yourself about where you're at. Dream interpreting actually started a long, long time ago. We have examples from both ancient Egypt and Greece. In both these cultures, there were types of temples built where basically you could go to this sacred space, 
know that you are safe to fall into a dream cycle, and then usually some sort of expert would interpret it. Now, this looked different in different cultures, according to different religious beliefs, according to different moral beliefs, etc. But generally speaking, across the board, the majority of these cultures believed that they could send their ill or even just maladapted members of their society to these temples. And they believed that it would help them. It would help heal them in whatever ailment they were experiencing. And that these positive dreams could actually aid them in this seeking of good health. So aside from the very ancient examples, more modernly speaking, we do have Dr. Freud, who did a lot of work around dreaming and the subconscious, scientifically speaking. Or I guess maybe more accurately is to say, psychologically speaking. Freud really developed a lot of theories that centered around sexualizing our dreams. And this basically led him to claim that dreams represented our deepest desires, our deepest and darkest parts of ourselves. But who we really want to recognize in this process was his student, Carl Jung. Now he finished Freud's thought. He decided through his studies and research that dreams weren't necessarily what we desired, but it was the way that our minds were able to send us subconscious messages. He decided that it was the way our subconscious communicated with our conscious mind. So Freud saw dream interpreting as more individual and subjective. Jung helped create a foundation for a more universally understood meaning behind dreaming. So that brings us to ask, how do you learn to interpret your dreams? I think it's really important that we understand first how your brain works and how the dreams are made. So dreaming is actually a really, really cool and very detailed hallucinatory experience, basically. You're having hallucinations. And as we mentioned before, getting into a REM sleep, that's when our dreams occur. During this REM is when we get a dopamine release. And dopamine, just to remind you, is our pleasure hormone. So it makes us feel good. So our more modern science has now confirmed that while we're dreaming, there is an increased blood flow and stimulation into the right side of our brains, our creative brains, right? And that is where the brain creates and displays this hallucinatory dream. So the REM sleep is created by a set of neurons that are gonna pump straight into your brain's visual cortex. That's what really gives you the experience of having this hallucination, this vision, or this imagery, even though your eyes are actually closed. And most importantly, dreaming is very normal part of healthy sleeping. It's healthy to be dreaming. And just to give you an idea of what this health looks like, good sleep has been connected to the following things. Better cognitive function, better emotional health, Studies have linked dreams to more effective thinking, memory, and emotional processing. And studies have also found that right-side sleepers experienced more positive dreams and fewer nightmares than left-side left side sleepers. Let me share with you a great example. And here's a little forewarning. This was a scary dream. And everything that I'm about to say did not happen in real life. It was just a dream. So this is how my dream went. I was with my husband, Chris. 
We hitched a ride to an office building and it turns out it was Chris's office. It was huge and very like sci-fi, like very into the future, super cool high-tech building. So upon arriving, we were actually, as it turns out, investigating a paranormal activity. What had been Chris's office was now a crime scene. So within this office, there was a very, very long hallway. Along the hallway, there were doors on my left and right, all the way down this hall. Very spooky, very scary. So some of these doors, as we were going down the hall, I was terrified in the dream, grasping onto Chris, and Chris seemed totally fine, like, no big deal. And as we're going down the the hall, we're opening the doors to see if this paranormal activity is still here. So some of the doors actually, upon opening them, they led to more hallways. And some of the doors were actually just closets. But as we opened each and every door, I felt like I was in a haunted house. You know, you're just waiting for something to jump out at you. I was very on edge during this dream. And somehow in the dream, you know, dream world doesn't necessarily make sense the way we do in the real world. But I knew that there was some sort of terrifying ghost lady haunting it. So I'm waiting for her to pop out. But you know, who knows what? Hurt us, scare us, kill us. I don't know. All this time, we never found anything. So the very last door at the end of the hallway, I open it and it is this very large totally empty closet. So Chris and I leave. And once we get home, I get a call from this detective or police department. And they let us know that once we had left, she, this ghost, had swept through the place after we left, grotesquely killing everyone who was still there investigating. And as I'm mid-call with the detective, my call, the, the phone line gets interrupted. And yes, in my dream, this is like an old landline phone. So the call gets interrupted and it is this ghost. And she tells me that the dolls are coming for me. And in my mind's eye, it was almost like, you know, very filmic, like a movie would be. It's almost like my mind's eye zoomed out from where I was in my kitchen and I could see miles away an army of like living dead dolls. And all these dolls were singing, send the mannequins to you. And they were singing it in the tune of happy birthday. (laughs) So creepy, right? (laughs) Our brains are funny. Somewhere along this line, like I start panicking on the phone, I hang up and I tell Chris what's coming for us. And I look down in my arms and I'm, I just realized that I'm holding a husky puppy. And that was where the dream ended. So let's interpret this dream. I'm just going to go through and share with you some of like the Google search results that I got. Because that's what I do. I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is I open up my journal and I start recording the best parts, the worst parts, all the most memorable things about my dream. And then I immediately just start Google searching which each of these symbols means. So here's just these quick Google search responses. In response to um, the haunting happening in a large building. Basically it said, it turns out that these structures represent a dreamer's psyche. So the inner architecture 
represents the psychological structure of a person. Basically, it's a built construct of your past, whether that's emotions, relationships, environments, experiences, whatever. And it shapes your psychology, your psychological well-being today. And similarly, since a house is like a symbol of your home or where your body resides, you can imagine that the structures in your dream become the home for your thoughts and feelings. So in this way, the overall spooky feeling of your dream can actually reflect old scary thoughts or feelings that you haven't finished dealing with. Then I googled about the actual haunting. It says, a haunting acts as a metaphor relating to something that has been haunting you from your past. The unsettling mood resonates with your past experiences, emotions, repressed feelings, memories, etc. And then dolls. Dolls symbolize a desire to return to the innocence of childhood. And in particular, they said, like, when I saw the dolls, they were singing in Happy Birthday tune, Send the Mannequins to You. So I looked up mannequin. And it says, the appearance of a mannequin stands for your desire to attract attention and admiration from others through your pursuits. And lastly, the other big thing that was weird in the dream was that I was holding a husky puppy. And Dream Interpreter said that husky dogs represent emotional protection. And usually it's somebody who is always focused on over-preparing or how to deal with something that's really terrible. So they represent this idea of like strength and perseverance or a long, arduous journey. Okay, so now that we have our elements, let's piece the elements together to see what my scary dream was actually about. Shake it off. I know it was just so scary. <laughs> All right. So the office building, that's a place of work, a place of being a part of society. It represents the mundane or everyday life. The haunting is an unsettled mood from past experiences. The long hallways and lots of doors. I saw that as like having many options to choose from. There were lots of different Google searches for that one. And with that one, I really had to take into account how I personally felt in the dream about the hallway and about the doors. So taking into consideration some Google searches and then my own feelings, I decided that the hallway represented having lots of options. And the closets represented more of like a dead end or keeping something hidden put away. The dolls represent a return to innocence or childhood. And the husky pup represents preparing for a difficult or unfair challenge. And then the last thing I did forget to look up, which was the birthday song. It did mention that it's some sort of change or renewal or like a period of healing coming to you because you're celebrating another year of life. So it's like this passing the chapter. So here's my overall spooky dream analysis. This dream was showing me that I have some baggage around my role in life. I'm dealing subconsciously with some residual feelings of stagnancy from participating in like dead end jobs or like not seeing any prospect for growth, especially in terms of my aspirations. So from this, I can see that in order to change my inner landscape, I need to heal the trauma that keeps me tied to this notion of working jobs I hate in order to get some kind of recognition from society or feeling like I fulfilled my role in life. And like I said, 
that may not be what you got from my dream at all. Maybe those things mean different things for you. But the most important aspect of dream interpretation, what I take into consideration is how I felt immediately upon waking, or if I can remember how I felt during the dream. So a combination of typical dreaming elements that many people over many lifetimes and centuries of data can provide for us, they can show us, generally speaking, what a lot of these symbols mean to us. But when it comes down to it, it really takes your personal flair to really understand what your dream is trying to tell you. And the truth of it is you know. This is you speaking to you. You already know. And usually the dream is just a way for you to let yourself know. So I would really focus on paying more attention to how you felt, like I said, upon waking. So for me, these are some general like guidelines or steps I take in order to get like the best interpretation I can. The first thing I do is I journal the very moment I wake up. You are actually the most connected to your subconscious and to your spiritual body and realm in the moments prior to sleeping and the moments immediately after waking. So take advantage of those moments. So I immediately record the dream as events and I write it down in the present tense as if I lived it or am living it. And then afterwards, I make sure to add in the details about how I felt during those events. So often it is the way that your dream self felt or reacted to the events that are way more telling than the events themselves. And this is generally how you grow to become more self-aware. Usually later in the day when I've had a minute to let the dream pass and my subconscious has continued working on it in my waking life, I come back to it later. Later in the day, I'll usually meditate. And that's usually when parts of the dream will come back up for me. And it's not like I'm reliving this scary dream and feeling scared all over again. But generally speaking, it's the most important parts that come back up. And because they're no longer charged with the emotion of feeling in the moment with them, I can be a little bit more investigative. And the important part too, to remember again, to not pass judgment on the feelings that it opened up. I have an episode all about the idea of secondary and primary emotions, but those are the things that I actually use to more fully identify the intent of my dream. And then I also use those primary and secondary emotions to inform which chakra this may connect to. And then I can use crystals and meditation, breathing practices specifically in that area. Not to mention if a dream stays with me or if it seems recurring or significant, especially so, I usually take those dreams or those dream elements to my therapy. So that brings us to our final question. If you are somebody who can't remember your dreams, why can't you? This was my husband, Chris. He only remembered one dream from like his very early childhood. And most of his life, he either felt like he didn't have dreams or if he had them, he very, very quickly forgot them and was unable to remember upon waking. So actually, the hippocampus of your brain is what stores memories. So this is going to affect your ability to remember, imagine, and also dream. During REM sleep, your brain creates something that's called an MCH cell. 
these cells are what help the brain forget new information that it considers no longer important or relevant to your life. Those MCH cells are just creating room, creating space, so that you can have a new day of memories created. But these MCH cells also keep your brain from storing your dream in your hippocampus. Hence, this is why you often can't remember it when you wake up or it just feels too foggy. So if this is you, how do you fix it and how do you start dreaming again? Basically, it's just training. You can actually just train yourself to be more aware of your dreams by practice. So what I recommend is to start journaling, even if you can't remember anything. As soon as you wake up, start journaling the very first experience or emotion that you have upon waking. So if you wake up and maybe you don't remember your dream, but you do know that you woke up feeling tired or feeling happy, feeling whatever feeling it could be, record it and try to elaborate on it as much as possible. If that is also a little bit too difficult, upon waking, just start recording what's happening around you. So you wake up and the very first thing you see is your lamp or your spouse or the window. Just write that down. Write it in your journal. What do you see out the window? Is the house stirring? Do you hear the air conditioner moving? Is your dog panting? Or is it absolutely silent? Becoming more aware of your waking moments immediately after moving in and out of your subconscious can help your brain prepare to store those memories in the, in the hippocampus and hence increase your ability to dream or at least remember them. Because most likely, everybody's having some sort of dream, if you are hitting a healthy REM cycle especially. It's just your inability to remember them at the moment. And that can change. Like I said, Chris was one who never ever had dreams. And now he dreams almost every single night. He wakes up, he has a dream journal, he interprets them, he does the whole shebang. And that guy has some pretty cool dreams. (laughs) So again, why is this important? It may be hard to do in the moment, but it's always the small things that add up to our greatest good. This is one of those seemingly small things. The more you work at it, the more involved you can choose to become with it. But generally speaking, just being aware of your subconscious mind can have profound effects on the way that you view yourself and your life And it really can inform the way that you live today. It's something that is meant to really help you to become aware of who you are. And in the end, to get to have bigger dreams and dream in a bigger way than you ever imagined. So sweet dreams, and I'll see you next time. 